Welcome to the Bull City Summit Podcast, a place where science, technology, art, and music converge. Today, BCS CEO Parag Bandari hosts from the EarFluence Podcast Studio at American Underground in Durham. Here's Parag. Hello, this is Parag with the Bull City Summit Podcast, our first podcast after a great pilot summit event. And uh, our guest today has been a a big part of that. We're really excited with everything she's doing. Um, We can talk about everything that happened at the summit and things moving forward. Brooke Markovicius, CEO and founder of Allobee. How are you, Brooke? Thank you for joining us. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to continue the conversation after such a great time at the Bull City Summit. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll get into all of that. Alibi is the company that you presented last week, I guess, 10 days ago. A fantastic presentation. You know, we'll get into that, but sort of a quick summary. um, And I think maybe from there, it'd be great if you could give us a little bit of your personal history leading into Alibi, but it's a a sort of revolutionary technology platform, mobile app based, that is sort of disrupting and kind of realigning flexible workspace, um, freelance work, independent work. Uh, through a propriety, artificial intelligence-based platform. I hope I got that correct. <laughs> yes, you did. I know. When you're trying to disrupt an in- industry, it definitely there's a lot of components to it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, super excited about it. Brooke, maybe give us a little bit about your history, and uh, yeah. we'll get into this conversation. Yeah. So I started as a You know, in college, I went to be a teacher. My dad is a preacher. My mom's a teacher. So I thought that would be my path into life. But I quickly found that I did not exactly want to teach high school history to a bunch of students. Um, But I also graduated during the 2008 recession, and there really weren't even teaching jobs. And so I actually ended up starting my career doing a similar, um, like, kind of like the Peace Corps, AmeriCorps, but it was faith-based. Um, And it took me to um, the middle of the country, right outside of Chicago. And I helped kids that had extreme behavior and emotional issues. And I loved working in the nonprofit space and making a difference and um, ended up after that getting into the nonprofit world and kind of climbing up there and into management and loved it. But I got burnout because you're working a lot of inflexible hours. And so this will be a a story, a kind of a, a theme that will go along with my story. And so there I found that I wanted to go back to grad school and I had always been the one that was fixing everybody's tech issues at our nonprofit for my grandmother, for my parents, everybody. And there weren't a lot of women in tech and I, and I knew that. Um, and that's one of the reasons I had never kind of gone in that direction because I didn't see that path or that, that journey, that person that was in front of me uh, leading the way. And so went to grad school, had a great experience at Boston University graduated and got hired at Postmates when they were at Series B and loved being a part of a startup and was like, this is an awesome culture, really enjoyed being a part of that fast paced nature. I also did not have kids yet. (laughs) So, um, and then, you know, having a child very soon after that, I found that I was working, you know, these 70, 80 hour work weeks for somebody else. 
And I didn't enjoy that. I wanted that flexibility. And so that's what brought me to quitting that job, even pretty soon after grad school. Uh, It was pretty scary, but I wanted to try my hand at freelancing because I had heard about the flexible nature of it. This was about eight years ago. Um, It was still kind of early in its um, idea of freelancing. And so that's where I decided to dive into this world of entrepreneurship and freelancing. Um, which would really kick off uh, the whole plan for Alibi eventually. That's that's amazing. Um, God, there's so much to, to talk about. Um, <laughs> I love it. No, and 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 it's starting off with you know proper story of an entrepreneur solving a problem that's coming from a very real life experience, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got you know your life experience, and you've got this exposure to startup culture, and then then just this mission, right? So that's that's. Your background leading up to Alibi, and you're saying that you had sort of this initial vision for Alibi maybe eight years ago. Obviously, well, first of all, you know, talk about Alibi, the company. I mean, maybe, you know, how it was founded to now, you know, upwards of an eight to 10 person team um, executing uh, the services. But then, you know, obviously, how has, and maybe we can kind of save this for a next segment, but you know, the pandemic has probably mm-hmm. really accelerated the, the the need for something like this, I, I would yeah. assume, right? Yeah, for sure. So I actually started working on the concept of ALOB back in um, early 2018. I had just had my second child, and apparently that's what I do when I have kids. I go <laughs> start new things, uh, which is crazy of me. Figuratively um, and literally. Yes, yeah. literally, yes. Um, I had actually helped to co-found a co-working space when we lived outside of Seattle in Tacoma, Washington, that was predominantly focused on supporting freelancers and independent workers um, and mainly caregivers that wanted a space where they could come and feel connected with the community as well as have childcare. Um, and I loved it. I was definitely not something I had planned on doing. Um, one of my friends kind of roped me into the cause and um, we built from nothing to opening our doors in less than six months while wow. I was about to go into labor, uh, which was a, a very fun endeavor. Um, but it was exactly the community and the support that I needed um, once I had had that baby. Once I had him, I found that I really saw some great things that were happening in our co-working space, that community element, but the majority of our memberships were actually virtual because so many people wanted to be a part of this community of caregivers that were freelancing, that were building their own businesses. They wanted that support, that network, but they didn't necessarily want to come in person. And so I'm like, there's something more here. And I have this tech background. What can I do to really to bring this all together? And one of the really big pain points that they were all facing was a lack of network to access people to hire, the vetted network, as well as the lack of support around getting jobs. So if they were freelancers, they were wanting to get those jobs. They didn't have that network. And if they were um, the business owner, they were lacking that access to the network. I'm like, well, they're all here. They're right here in this one space. How do I bring them together, but still have that supported concierge, 
really supportive feel going on. Um, and so I decided to build a platform around that from every every technology touch point that we have at Allaby is built around those very hand-holding touch points that I had with our clients in the beginning. Um, and I think that's what really makes us special comparatively to some of our com- potential competitors out there that have been around for a long time. They're focused on that enterprise level. We're focused on those small business. I was just going to mention like Upwork and and stuff like that because there's yeah. there's obvious you know and I was going to mention Upwork because it just seems like from the get go there's a very clear difference uh, for what you're doing. Yeah. But I'm glad you t- you you touched up on that. Uh, continued because you know I think I think the vision behind this is fantastic and I love the presentation that you made and I can't wait to use it for you know God knows how many things for BCS and I, I know there's a lot of feedback from artists and startups you know from from the summit you've obviously have built a successful business and we can pivot back to to kind of why and the problem that you're solving yeah so for sure like you know i had this idea got it out there into the world and slowly started to bring on a team of honestly other moms that had left the traditional 9 to 5 that's great. yeah Amazing. yeah and that is that's who we brought on to be a part of our team it kind of naturally happened um, people were attracted to the ideas i got out there talking more and more about alibi i started this company at a very odd time <laughs> i was living in seattle when we first started or right outside of seattle in tacoma and what happened is we i became a trailing spouse again and we moved <laughs> back uh, to north carolina this time kind of the whole family wanted to my husband was able to go remote he works at twitter um and we were able to come back to north carolina which is where i grew up and i knew that this was the time i wanted to start a company um i've always loved the durham startup ecosystem and um knew that there was a lot of potential for growth there and then the pandemic hit (laughs) so i'm like okay i want to launch this company but then everything basically had to be virtual which our company lends its hand at being a virtual company easily um and that's really why launching even in a pandemic was was relatively successful for us here yeah, no, I can see how it's it it it's accelerated the 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 business. Um and now, you know, Alibi and for those who are listening, you know, um it's it's a proprietary technology that's you know, I, I, and and the story of 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 you starting out fulfilling a need as a entrepreneur, as a mother and balancing those two lifestyles. It's it's just fantastic what you've done and are doing. But you've expanded from there. I mean, it looks like kind of across the board, the the world of freelance, which, you know, again, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like throwing events, it's graphic design, it's, you know, doing content, it's, you know, building yeah. websites, it's, um, again, the, you know, public relations, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've kind of, you know, expanded your, uh, your company and your company's services mm-hmm. accordingly. Um, maybe talk yeah. about that process because... Sure. As as many great startups are, you, you you did this for a reason, a very personal mm-hmm. reason, but you've applied it to you know completely other um, use cases. Yeah, for sure. So yes, I 
I was freelancing predominantly in web design and development. That was my background. Um, but I found that I needed all of the other services <laughs> as a business owner and as nice. I grew yeah, my own freelance business. And um, one thing that we've really focused on here at LOB is making sure that we have all the services that a small business owner predominantly, one of those more micro businesses even that are less than 10 employees, that's kind of our sweet spot that really needs to hire and help, um, you know, bring on these contractors. And what we found here at LOB is that we use our own contractors. And if you're able to keep that overhead, have a small core team that's really great at iterating, um, but have these contractors come on and help support you, you can scale with a lot less, <laughs> you know, and make more money. And that's one of the, the really secret things here at Alibi. I think our secret weapon is we always have our workforce to pull from and they're already vetted and they're already ready to go. Um, and so I wanted to make that accessible to other startup founders that were just getting started with their business businesses. I felt like I kind of had a secret weapon yeah. um, here at LLB and I wanted to make sure they had all of the services that could help them. But our really successful services are our marketing assistants, our virtual assistants, executive assistants, those implementers um, that can come in and take the, you know, the strategy that you're building, the project that you want to see successful and really get it to the finish line. Because as entrepreneurs, oftentimes we wear all of those hats, but sometimes yeah. we have a hard time getting it to the finish line. So we're here to make sure that that you get it to that finish line. I, I love it because there's, a, there's, I think earlier you said there's that, that, that personal curation that does set you apart from others in the space. Yeah. Um, I'm not just outsourcing an executive assistant from Asia in a different time zone. Um, you know, there's, there's real humans behind, um, the tech and, yes. you know, a lot of companies obviously tout that, but you know, again, just even from the look and feel of your website to having you as a guest, it does seem uh, like you're actually speaking to a team as opposed to just technology. So, so, you know, kudos on that. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that that's important for everybody to always feel. I mean, I think our clients and our freelancers still feel like they're always talking to me and getting emails yeah. from me, which is great. And I, sure and I want them to feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I want them to feel that way. Um, and it's good that they do because they feel very connected to Alibi and, and they feel like we're their, we're their agency, even though we're not an agency. Like, I, And I'm okay with people thinking we are because that's actually a really great compliment to know that you feel like we're that small to support you, even though we have like hundreds and hundreds of freelancers that are in the background, you know, making this all um, happen as well as our technology. It's a great story on on what this is. Alibi.com, A-L-L-O-B-E-E.com. Talk to us a little bit more about your experience with the summit. I mean, your presentation was fantastic. Um, and you were also the moderator for um, the fireside chat with Reshma Sujani, uh, founder of Girls Who Code, who obviously, you know, you both share a lot of similar missions. And I'm, I'd love to you know hear the story of how you guys linked up. But then, you know, what were some of your takeaways um, from the conversation that you had with her? Yeah, for sure. Well, I was excited to be able to 
support that fireside chat. I loved Rush for a long time. And um, when I first started going into grad school for a technical degree, um, I had heard about Girls Who Code and got involved with some local events with Girls Who Code, as well as when we were living outside of DC right after that. And I was able to connect with like the women in technology. We did a lot of things, a lot of events for girls that were getting into that field. Because as I mentioned at the beginning, I never saw that path. And I wanted to make sure that the girls were able to see that, that my daughter is able to see that. Um, and so I love all of the work that that she's done with Girls Who Code and as well as a lot of work that's helped to support uh, moms and getting more awareness. Marshall Plan for Moms is her her new, you know, beast. What yes. she's doing with that is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And, and that's really a lot of what we focused on um, at the summit and the fireside chat. Um, but just these, you know, really big issues that are coming up for moms and how this is not just impacting us, it's impacting every single person in the workforce. And I think that at least from a little bit from my angle, too, is there is no flexibility, true flexibility in the workforce. Yeah. If, if we had true flexible work, the employer's needs would be satisfied and the employee's needs would be satisfied. And that's not happening. And it's getting worse by the day. And until we're really focused on that, we're not going to have a true flexible work, which is what I think everybody ultimately wants. It's just really hard for businesses to see that path forward. Um, I was just on a podcast this week talking about um, freelancing and, and the future of it. And we're just like, we're not there. Businesses don't get it. And it's hard. That was to, a good point that you and restaurant were, were bringing up. Yeah. Uh, 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 during the interview is that this it's like we're not there it's just that the mm -hmm. concept isn't even getting through I thought that was that was very yeah impactful. and it's just continuing people like Rashma and the Marshall Plan for Moms really showing up and talking about it and being vocal like we have a long way to go with this and and I think that um, that was very realistically brought up, but also that, you know, the audience was behind it. It was like, yes, we need to do something. And, and I think this is a, a way that the more conversations that we can have in settings like Bull City Summit um, about these major issues and how it impacts everything. It doesn't just impact moms, it impacts tech, it impacts the advancement of innovation in our country. Um, and, a, and a lot of other things, I, I, you know, and, and we're going to do everything that we can to get that message out. You know, I'm excited to uh, finish up some of this editing on the on the on the segment, uh, which we'll be releasing in the next couple of weeks as we get ready to announce the fall summit, which I'm sorry, you're stuck with us now. So you're going to have to be involved <laughs> with that. That's OK. Nice. But, you know, maybe just maybe touch a little bit more on. You know, obviously, you and Reshma are like living embodiments of this, of this issue, but then also of just an incredible success story. And so it's like, it's this, it's this back and forth. Like, it's going to be people like you and Reshma who are who are leveling the playing field. I think is is where I want to kind of go with that for a second because uh, that's what needs to happen. A, B, it's just mind boggling that it's, you know, more women, more mothers, frankly, aren't just ruling this planet. And that's a whole other issue, uh, because, uh, I think we'd, we'd be better off. So pandemic, you've talked about pandemic. We talked about how that accelerated your business and, or 
put a highlight on what it's trying to do. Um, but man, you've got some crazy things over the past couple of weeks and months from a government, from a women's rights perspective that have just completely, uh, uh, I'm sure, also accelerated some of the things. So can you maybe talk about that? How has that affected, maybe not so much your business or your bottom line, I'm sure it's accelerated, but you're just, you're you personally. Yeah. Uh, you and Reshman think- talked a little bit about that on the uh, at the interview as well. For sure. I think ultimately women are just so tired right now. I mean, we're we're not only experiencing everything that's been thrown at us with uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, but also the fact that there's this human energy crisis that's yeah. occurring. <laughs> um, I mean, for everybody, not just women. Um, and it, a lot of that burden due to the unpaid labor that comes in for being a mom or a spouse um, at times that can be super overwhelming. So I think, I mean, I'm sure Rush would agree, like we're just tired. Um, But as she says, like we're fighters and we're not going to give up because one, we're moms and we want to see a better future for our kids. Um, And we're determined that there has to be one. I mean, all of the women that fought for Roe versus Wade and getting that into, uh, you know, supporting women for so long, um, we know that we can't, let us go backwards. We just can't go backwards, but we're, we have to be aware right now. We have to be paying attention um, to everything. I mean, every day there's some new law and regulation that's coming up. There's one that's out right now that's impacting freelancers. And so I think the days of being ignorant to what's going on in the world is impossible as an entrepreneur right now. I I couldn't agree more. You you have to have your blinders on, but you also have to be very aware of what's going on in your surroundings because even this law that's an an act totally impacts my business personally and plenty of my other friends' businesses. So it's definitely something we need to be paying attention to and talking about. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I don't want to say distraction, right. But, but like, because you can't minimize like what, you know, what, what the pandemic has done, but in a lot of ways it's distracted everyone. So that's something like that can happen. So that the overturning of this, you know, signature law that protects just a basic right to live. uh, And I'm talking about the woman uh, Mm -hmm. is, is just, Un- unbelievable, and I and I'm, I I I think Alibi and your story is a is just you know next generation like post pandemic. This is enough. There's you know there's there's a you know again use the word revolution because that's that's something that it's not like it's starting now. It's just mm-hmm. it's been going on for for centuries for for millennia. But girls who code and Alibi is just really really good you know, examples. It is. And I think that, and I've talked to Rush about this before, but, you know, she was able to support all of these girls. They're still not necessarily mothers, even the ones that have graduated. Right. There is this in between of, of a generation almost that, that we haven't caught up and I'm, I'm caught in that generation of, of people. Um, and so I know we say here, I will be like, we're the solution until the world figures out how to be flexible. And 
I mean that in so many different ways because I believe that moms make the best CEOs because oh, we yeah. make sure everybody is fed and we deliver results. Um, people are always amazed at our attraction. And I'm like, it's not that like you just got to show up and you got to do the work and, and put it in. Um, but a lot of times we we put these stereotypes and stigmas around women and especially moms. Um, and it does put us towards a disadvantage as we're starting to go out there. And then you add in laws and regulations that are taking away our rights. And it becomes even harder um, to to show up on a daily basis as a, as a founder. And, you know, what's great about what you've done is you've completely flipped the reason for an employer who doesn't know better to treat a woman differently because she has to leave for maternity leave or yeah. is bearing a child. And you've completely flipped that reason as to the exact reason why you should be hiring this person. Because mm-hmm. what you're basically saying, and it's it's so obvious and it's brilliant what you've done. It's like, okay, well, this woman is in on maternity leave for the next couple months. And then as you see what's happening, it turns into not a couple months, but basically I'm not going back. Yeah. There's all this untapped talent, Mm -hmm. freelance talent, frankly, of just like, I'm sorry, I'm going to use the word badass people that just get it done. Everything you said. Mm -hmm. So congrats on that because you totally flipped it on people. (laughs) And I love it because that's the exact type of person that you want to hire. And for me, it's like, yeah, I can't wait to actually use your platform. Probably going to bug you for some free credits here, but (laughs) I can't wait to use your platform to hire some graphic designers, to to hire some PR folk Mm -hmm. who are, yeah, just left the, you know, corporate workforce. Yeah. At home doing their thing. Yeah. And they're usually, they were the best employees. These are high performing women that have said, I'm not doing it anymore in the traditional workforce, but if you want my skills, come and find me in the freelance space. And it's just trying to get businesses to understand like you don't have to bring on these huge contracts of all of these different contractors like you can do the one-on-one interactions um and allow for that to happen and that's usually going to provide you with a long-term relationship with a contractor or someone that can continue to add to your business over time because they make that relationship with you and so that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves here at alibi is we have the the highest quality we go through a ton of vetting to bring on our freelancers, but we also make sure that we support you and that freelancer as the middleman or middlewoman, as long as you're with working with that freelancer. And so a lot of times business owners, like if they're early in business or managing people, that isn't their, you know, secret, secret weapon. They have a hard time having those hard conversations with the freelancers. The freelancers also have a hard time having those conversations. So having a technology in between and a company in between, it makes the world of difference and it makes really successful freelance projects. Like even, no, in it's, exam- yeah, it's, it's so game changing um, with a lot of freelancing out there. I, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to like stop interrupting on these podcasts because I was going <laughs> to use the word freelance. Sorry, no, 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 vetting, 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 vetting was vetting, the word. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, it's a good thing I didn't interrupt you because that's where you were going. But <laughs> I think what I, what I wanted to say is like, there's a difference from your vetting process, at least the way it's coming off and now having you listen to it, then like, you know, yeah, like an Upwork or an Angie's List. Yeah, of course you're going to vet those people. And of course you're going to make sure that they can like read and write and like whatever, you know, do their thing. But you've got a very curated vetting. That's, 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 I think the the main difference with Alibi is that it's just this workforce of, of, uh, of a community that's been there, done that, and just really, 
really focus on it and, and, and just the angle that you have with the mission that you have. I think it's not just a great PR story and cool and kudos on that, but it actually will lead to a better product. I'm, I'm psyched for it. Thank um, you. Great Thank stuff. You. Great stuff, Thanks. Brooks. So, you know, as we wrap things up, I'd love to just learn about, well, A, I can't wait to, to announce some of the things that we're going to do with you guys over the next couple of months and years. But, you know, walk us through the next, uh, you know, three to five. What's coming down the pike for you in the next, in the fall? How can people get involved? How can people join the vetting process? Um, yeah, for only- sure. The two best ways to join us are just to go to our website and look through our services, either book a call or go ahead and purchase a service. We try to make it really simple. We match you within 24 hours. It's a rematch guarantee for your lifetime here at Allovy. So if you're not happy, we'll rematch you um, or we'll refund you within the first week. So it's a really low risk hire. Um, And then if you're wanting to um, be vetted and come on as a freelancer, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click join um, work, join the workforce. And you can apply to any of the positions that we have open Um, right now. We would love to have you on as a freelancer. We're always hiring. We also provide basically a whole lack of better word, an ERP solution for freelancers. So you can run your whole business through our platform for your external clients and for your clients at Allobee. But we would love to support you in getting work. Um, And then, you know, what we're doing for the next three to five years, and we're going to continue to disrupt. There's a lot of disruption that needs to happen in the freelance space. Um, There were some big players that have been here for a while that have only focused really on enterprise. And so we're really heading at the small business owners and supporting them as well as our niche of freelancers that are predominantly caregivers. There really are very few solutions out there when you're looking at 57% 57% of the U.S. being freelancers by 2025. I mean, it's, I'm sorry. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's you know, you're freelancer of caregivers who are doing graphic design and finance. I just, it's brilliant because <laughs> they they have the, the, the skill set from an educational perspective, their real world work experience. It's just great. I, I love what you've done. And, yeah. Um, so join us and and be a part of of this disruption. I think that, and I said this at the summit. You know, use your dollars wisely when you're when you're investing in people, and especially if you're local here. You know, in the Durham area, support Durham-owned businesses and and support the startups that are trying to innovate um, because that's what we need. We need users and we need money coming in. So that's how you can really support us. Brooke Markovicius, CEO, founder of Alibi. Great Durham success story. Thank you for all your support. And I can't wait to release the segment episode with you and Reshma and then also your presentation uh, over the next couple of weeks. So we'll be in touch. Awesome. Well, thank you. It's been fun. Visit BullCitySummit.com to get tickets and info on upcoming events. This podcast was edited and produced by Earfluence. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you again soon on the Bull City Summit Podcast. This podcast is a production of EarFluence. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of EarFluence.